Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Space for Life. I'm with Patricia Clark, my famous co-host and super famous. Yes. That part. Yeah, super famous. I should yeah. have said that. Yeah. So we're excited to be back. This is part two in a three-part series that we're entitling My Whole Life Map. And it's this idea of how do we begin to think broadly and deeply about the direction our life is going. And so this is a, a, the second in a three-part series. And if you haven't listened to it yet, it will help you in terms of the context of everything we're talking about to go back one episode to the episode called Life 360 to kind of see how we're couching all of this going forward. So the basic concept that we're getting to, and then we'll dive into some specifics, is that in order to map out pretty much anything in life, going from one location to another, you need to have absolute clarity of where you're leaving from, your beginning point. You need to have clarity as to where you're wanting to go, or else you're just driving you know, aimlessly. And then you need to have clarity as to those first set of turns. So a real simple concept. And so Life 360 was about getting clarity for that initial place. You know, where are we in our lives right now across broad categories of our life? So this week, we're going to talk about the concept of Dreaming 360, and we'll dive deeply into why we've chosen these words and what they mean and the challenges that they present. But Dreaming 360 is about trying to identify the place we're trying to move to in terms of life. Yeah. And I think before we go any further, I want to issue a challenge to everybody and to myself, because I've already recorded the Life 360 where we did a 10 categories and we assessed where we were in the conversation. But then I left our recording studio area and went home and didn't do any of those, but I wanted to. Yeah. And if you're listening, you might have been in the car listening and thought, oh, this is great. But then you didn't go home and write out your 10 categories. So the challenge I have to myself and to you right now is to think of a time in your calendar. And it, Tommy's going to tell you to take a lot more time. I'm going to put, give myself 10 minutes. I'm going to, it could even be like, tomorrow when I take a shower. It could be tomorrow on my drive to work. I'm going to dedicate, or for me, I'll be like, I'm going to walk the dog twice around the block and I'm going to think about this in those time periods. And I'm going to write down my 10 categories and I'm going to give them a number. You don't have to overthink it. But before you move forward, this all of this conversation, which is great content, will not matter to Hello Beans if we don't actually put it in our calendar yes. and set a point where we're going to do it. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because you know, we're well-intentioned, yeah. but it's, it is hard to follow through with things. And, you know, you don't even have to write it down because I've got it on the website. You can just do it right on your phone. Yeah, you could. You know, it's all right there. So however you want to do it, but you're right. If we don't do anything, then we won't do anything. All right. And part two is if you know you're not going to follow through on it, you should tell somebody what your plan is. So Tommy, I'm driving to Annapolis this weekend for a lacrosse tournament. I'm gonna be standing on sidelines, having the time of my life 
And I'm not being sarcastic <laughs> at all. It's just all that I dreamed of for my life. No, I'm just kidding. But during that weekend, I'm going to write down 10 categories and I'm going to write down 10 numbers. Okay. Great. Accountability. Great. Got it? Great. All right. I love it. Okay. Moving on. So the 10 categories about where you are in your life. Now we're moving to the fun stuff, which is dreaming 360. Why is this so important to think about what we want and where we want to be? Why is this so important? You know, you would think that this is obvious. You know, what do we want? Mm -hmm. We know what we want. But I think the interesting thing is, if you ask that question, what do I really want? Uh, it, it's a very hard question to answer. Well, I want lots of things. Well, of course, but what really matters, what do you most deeply want is, is a difficult question. One of the reasons I think this process is important is because we, we are prone to get stuck on this question of what do we want and then not go anywhere and then we end up basically living our lives reactively we just go from one day to another one week to another one year to another and nothing really changes and life happens to work out or life doesn't happen to work out sure and what i'm aware of at my advanced age is that super advanced is that a lot of people at the advanced age get to the point that they look back with regret yeah because they didn't do the most with their life they didn't live within their families the yeah. way they really want to the really the way they meant to what matters to them what they care about they didn't express themselves they didn't have some experiences that they had plenty of time to have yeah. but they just never got to it. They uh, never really engaged their faith deep deeply that they wanted to. Their marriages are less than satisfactory because they just went through the motions. And so identifying what we really want is a little bit of a hard process. It's harder than the life 360 that we're talking about, you know, for sure. Yeah, where we are is kind of obvious. I mean, we have to be honest, but it's kind of obvious. But dreaming is a much more difficult process. And what I find is that well, there's several points on this. There's so much I, I really feel deeply about this. This is a big deal. This is a, a life changer. But what I find is that a lot of people are unwilling to make that step to dream because it introduces the possibility of disappointment mm -hmm. and the reality that their life is not what they want at the moment. Okay, can we dig in there a little? Yeah, I mean, I think you've been coaching a lot in your life and this is the step that gets people stuck. It is not hard for us to look at our life and say how hard it is and put a number on it and how unsatisfied we are yes. and put a number on it. It is hard to sort of put, do like CPR to your heart, wake it up, yep. give it a jolt and remind yourself what makes you feel alive. Yeah. Remind yourself how fulfilling 
and how beautiful it is to experience love, to participate in beauty, see beauty, all of that, to wake up your heart. So can we start with lesser things to kind of warm up the heart? Like start with thing, not lesser things, but start with like, well, okay, what do I want? Well, I really would like a new pair of tennis shoes for this season, my old ones, but the ones I want are a little out of my price range or something like that. Can we start with that? Or do you, is that not what we're talking yeah, about? We'll, we'll get I want to go on yeah. a vacation. I want, you know, what can we start with? Yeah. To prime um, the pump. I think that everybody's got to start in a way that's comfortable with them. And okay. we'll get into, you know, a lot of the, how you can go about this. At some point, though, I actually want people to lean into the discomfort of this. Okay, that's important. Like yeah. the disappointment that could come. Yeah, and realize, you know, what I'm aware of is that uh, dreaming, just the word dreaming yeah. and putting dreaming 360 makes people uncomfortable. It's like dreaming is fantasy. Dreaming is for children. Yeah. That's what we begin to think of. Dreaming is unrealistic. Dreaming is just setting yourself up for disappointment. All of these things kind of flood at us. I even get a sense sometimes when I've talked to people about this, they almost get mad. Like, don't talk to me about dreaming. Yeah. I need to keep my nose to the grindstone. I need to be real about life. You know, none yeah. of this pie in the sky stuff. And uh, it, it, it frankly saddens me to a degree because we're missing out on the fact that over a 10 or 15 year period, there is so much more possibility of who we can become and what we can do than we can ever fathom. And if we stay stuck in realistic, we're just putting massive constraints on the way life can happen. And if we allow ourselves to go back to the way we were as kids and allow ourselves to dream, realizing that not all our dreams will come true and life will be hard. There will be so many hard things that we have to deal with over the span that we might dream about. That's the reality of life. But if we shut down all of the dreaming, the hope, which I believe is so fundamental mm -hmm. to a good life, then that, that's just a, a sad thing to me. So I, I'm, I want to encourage people to say, you know, I don't even know what to do with this idea of dreaming. I'm not comfortable with it, maybe, but I'm just going to take a chance. I'm going to take a risk and I'm just going to go through this process and see where it takes me, see where God leads, see what might surface that has been held down. You know, part of the problem with Dreaming 360 is it goes against the grain of everything within our culture, which is kind of crazy because we're, you know, this, you know, driven culture, but we're driven by our wants being defined by everybody else's wants. Hmm. Our wants being defined by shoulds. Hmm. And this message that in the midst of it, we need to be realistic. We need to be adults. We need to get beyond, you know, when kids, you daydreaming, mm. you know, come on, yeah. grow up. And, and I want to say, no, let's not grow up. You know, let's grow young. <laughs>
Let's grow young with our thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that the best of life is available if we will take that risk and that chance. How do we differentiate between what we want and what we're supposed to want? Well, I think that's part of the harder process. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways, and we'll talk about this with the hows that we, the how that we move beyond that is I think the dream needs to be at some fairly future place that gets us beyond what people are telling us and the shoulds of life. That is, if I am dreaming about what I want 12 months from now, I have all of the voices coming at me with all the things that I should want, uh, that life tells me I should want, that I know could be achieved within a 12-month period of time. Yeah. But let's use an example. If I'm 20 years old, and let's say that I took this challenge in a really raw sense and said, who do I want to be when I'm 60 years old? Well, 20 to 60, all sorts of things are possible. That then I think enables you to lift yourself out of this, what is the world telling me I should want and what should I want to, wow, you know, over 40 years, all sorts of things are possible. What is deep within me that I really want? All right. Well, I mean, let me push back though a little bit because I've been spending a lot of time with people in their 20s and then I've got kids who are coming up on career choices. And I think there's three things that come to mind. I'm sure there are more, but just in this moment, you've got the way you like to spend your time, you know, and that usually has to do with your skills and your abilities and your enjoyment, how much money you can make, like the value of what you do for the world. And then how you recreate has to do with how much money, you you know, like, or like the kind of house you have, the kind of opportunities you give your kids and the way those three things interact, what, you know, what you like to do, can you make money off of that? And it seems like you have to get like the money is where the rub comes. It's like, you, can you do what you want to do, but I had, and, and still make enough money to live the life you want to live. I mean, that's simply what it comes down to. And it seems like everyone gives on one of those. You either give on the money in order to live and have a career that you want to do and the life you want to do, or you make the money and give up all these dreams you have. But I know you've coached enough people that I know that you don't give on any of those. You like take all of those as a factor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will push back on that. I, I think that we have been so brainwashed yes. by our culture to say, look, you got to get real. It's It comes down to the money, what's possible and things. And I heard a, a neat story just from Wheezy just the other day. She did a an art workshop. And this lady was about our age that was doing this art workshop. And she is a massive success. She does art workshops all over the world. She is a well-known, incredibly successful painter, has this absolutely robust business. But when she was in her 20s, She went away the year after college to France just for her summer getaway. She had already been accepted, I believe it was into business school, 
for when she came back from the summer. She went to France and she met a guy there and she immersed herself in art, which was her real love and passion. And she called her father at the end of the summer and said, Dad, can I just stay here for a while? And he hesitated, the practicalities of everything. He said, okay. And she has built the most wonderful, massively successful, rewarding, meaningful life because she was not constrained by saying, you know, I can't get past first base unless I figure out the finances of uh-huh. it, the practicality of it. How am I going to make money of this? You know, what am I going to be able to get the house that I want, the car that I want? That is is absolutely missing the point of a beautiful life. Now, yes, we may need to address those. It's not like I'm just being Pollyanna about that type of stuff. But I think we first have to let ourselves dream. We first have to confess what matters to us and what's in our hearts. Then we can come back and say, okay, now let me think about how might I get the next step from point A to point B, which is way, way down Mm -hmm. the road. But, you know, if we never allow ourselves to dream, then we're just going to live constrained, narrow, shallow lives. All right. I kind of am with you. Okay. Okay. I'm kind of with you. I'll go on this journey with you. And the reason I'll go on the journey is not because I necessarily believe you, (laughs) but I think the dreams that we have are going to be there, whether we want to bring them to the light or not. Like our heart has longings, whether we want to wake it up or not. And there's a cost to sort of being overly realistic I think it leads to cynicism, it can lead to bitterness, it can hurt our relationships. And so there's value in waking up the dreams in these categories, even if there can be some disappointment. So let's go there. Okay. Let's go there. And maybe it's fun to name the things we dream about and to name it big, like to not like limit yourself, but to name it big. So Sure. And there's a lot of particulars for it. So I've gone through this exercise twice now. Okay. That is the, you know, the exercise is intended to last a long period of time. You're dreaming at some point, you know, well into the future. Yeah. So I'll tell just a little story that kind of highlights a little bit of what I'm talking about. The first time I did it was when I was 58 years old. I did it uh, within the first couple months after our daughter Perrin had died. Mm. And I did it as a way of trying to help myself move forward in some way and extricate myself from the, you know, some of the intensity of the grief of the particular time we were in. So I thought, well, if I can identify something hopeful, something positive to move towards, that's going to be helpful because I can't see anything hopeful or positive at the time. So my first one was uh, dreaming. I I called it dreaming 70. I was 58. I said, I'm going to dream about the life 
that I want to have created when I'm 70 years old and the person that I want to have become when I'm 70 years old. So I went through the process and I projected forward and it was not an easy process to go through, particularly in the midst of everything we were going through. And I got to one of the categories, which we use the categories that we use in Life 360 for this process. And I got to experiences. And I said, so what are some experiences that I would want to have by the time that I'm 70 years old? And so, you know, and the world knows by now that I'm kind of a golf fanatic. So I thought, well, you know, I've always dreamed, and this is the way I thought about it, literally, I've always dreamed of playing golf in Scotland. I thought that would be really neat. And so I just wrote down specifically that, that dream. I want to play golf in Scotland. I've had that dream almost my entire adult life. I'd never spoken the words mm -hmm. of that dream to anybody, but I always thought, wouldn't it be neat? And it always seemed beyond the realm of what was possible. Mm -hmm. But I wrote it down as one of the things that I dreamed about. Just a few weeks later, I was meeting with a friend for lunch and I was telling him about this process of dreaming and saying this was a really positive experience for me to go through dreaming. And so I was describing the process and how you might do it. And I said, you know, for instance, one of the things that I put down on my list was I want to play golf in Scotland. And the friend just looked at me immediately and said, well, let's do it. I paused for a moment and I went, uh, well, yeah, I think that would really be fun to do one day. He said, no, let's do it now. I went, well, what do you mean right now? He said, I've been over to Scotland a bunch of times and played golf. I know exactly where to go. I'll arrange the whole trip. All you have to do is say yes. And I went, yes. And all of a sudden this dream huh. that was highly practical and possible for me, but felt beyond my reach, mm. became a reality within six months. Mm. And I had the most wonderful, uh, meaningful, you know, trip mm -hmm. with good friends to Scotland to play golf. That's the power of dreaming, of naming, as we've talked about mm -hmm. so much in this podcast, naming things and realizing that the things that seem so far out of reach, so impossible when we begin to name them and we begin to visualize and lean into them can change our life. Now, all of our dreams won't come true. Mm -hmm. I'm not even beginning to suggest just by this process of writing them down, magically, all of these things are going to happen. But so much can happen that won't happen unless we dream. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. And it also makes me think that our dreams are going to be influencing how we live, whether we acknowledge them or not. Um, but what happens is it's almost like air in a balloon. Like if we don't acknowledge it, we'll end up doing these little minor things. Like I could see if you'd never named that dream, you would probably be finding these little ways to play golf in these various places without ever acknowledging the big dream 
Right. And maybe all those little things that you did would get in the way of you doing the big dream, which was going to Scotland. I mean, maybe they would have because it's like you're sort of um, letting air out of that need or that want. And you need that drive, that big want to motivate you to do what you want to do. It's like this whole idea of dreaming big and allowing yourself to dream big. And we settle a little bit for less than because we don't want to wake up to it. We compromise. We compromise. And And we think, oh, this is the best we can have. This is the best we can get. This is all I deserve. This is all I deserve. This is as good as I am. This is punishment for something. I made bad choices along the way. This is the best I can get. Exactly. Exactly. And And that's why people don't want to do this exercise because it brings all that stuff up. It it does in some sense. But this is where growth, real growth, real change happens is when we are willing. That's why I say this involves taking a risk. As silly as we could say, writing down some dreams is taking a risk. It is taking a risk. It is experienced by people. I've seen this. It is experienced by people as something that's uncomfortable. Sometimes that people just won't do. Yeah. Well, I'll also say what's interesting when you look at people, I mean, this is just anecdotal, but when I look at people who've been through incredibly difficult things, like what you and Wheezy went through with Perrin, your family went through, is sometimes when your dreams are all crushed, it motivates you to just go for it and not settle for the little things. It's like this idea of live like you're dying. Like, you know, you just, you realize how precious our dreams are and how precious life is. And so all these little excuses we have can kind of fall away. Well, it's true, but it can also be true on the other side. Those really difficult crushing experiences are, you know, the phrase we use is it's a defining moment. Yeah. But when we use that phrase too often, we just immediately go to it's a defining moment towards something positive. But for many people, that defining moment, that hinge moment is a moment when they decide to give up. Yeah. When they stop dreaming and they yeah. say, you know, life is just going to keep on delivering me more and more of this. So those mm-hmm. times, and I can think of that with what we experience, it is a defining moment. And how we respond is a choice that can go in either direction. Mm. So it does make a difference particularly if you're someone that's listening to this and you hear this and you feel that stirring and you choose to squash it, Mm. don't know that it will rise again. Mm. You know, so I think this makes that big a difference. And and maybe I'm Mm. over-dramatizing this, but I do feel this strongly about the impact of creating dreams and making your life count Mm -hmm. and becoming and 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 it's not about me you know i i totally believe that i enter into this process of dreaming with god yeah you know this is about hearing who i want to become who i believe he's created me to be yeah and what he's created me to do with this precious life so this is an engaged process with God and powerfully maybe with the, those closest to you. Yeah. You know, that's what's, 
I mean, it's an amazing process, yeah. but it's a big one, you know? Well, it reminds me of this idea of the way we live our life, the way our lives are shaped is in large part by the story that we are telling ourselves. And if we're telling ourselves the story of I've, you know, I messed up, I missed the opportunity, or even if, oh, I squelched my heart because I had a defining moment and I didn't choose the right way. I didn't, right. mm -hmm. you know, all of those narratives, if you are living, if we, I think we all do live sometimes in a defeating narrative. And when we live in a defeating narrative, we create a defeating narrative. And this is where I think you and I both have faith that brings, yes. comes into play where we have to bring our own narrative into a larger narrative that is anchored not in our own life circumstances. And when we have a larger narrative of there is no mistake and nothing could have happened to you or nothing you could do that keeps you from the grace and goodness of God and for the purpose that God can have for your life, like that's a larger narrative that if you hook into that, it can like pull you up out of a defeatist narrative. And I think having this narrative of hope is super important. I know that is really been like determined so much about you and Wheezy with all that you've been through, that there is goodness for you in this life, even after what you all have been through. Well, I believe deeply that God is good, hmm. even in the midst of bad things that happen, that God is good and that he has good for me. And I believe that, you know, as much as I can with all my heart. So the impact of this, it just, it, it goes so far. Uh, I would say outside of this kind of dreaming, the whole direction of the last uh, seven years of my life since parents died would not have taken the trajectory that it's taken. And by that, I mean, I was in a long process of running companies and there was a lot of beauty and good that came in that. But when Perrin died and I began to look forward and I asked myself the question, what do I really want? I, I came quickly to the conclusion. I want these next years to count. Yeah. I want to do what I love doing and I love teaching and I love helping people grow and I love communicating. And I changed the entire trajectory of everything I do. I did no coaching. I did no writing. I never podcasted before. None of that stuff existed. But it came to be because I said, I know what I really want. Mm. I know what I care about. And outside of whether it's impacted anybody else, it's brought me such immense joy. Mm. And it came by asking the question at the start, what do I really want? Mm. What matters to me? That's why this is so important. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember meeting you and you weren't doing any, <laughs> weren't doing any of this. No, yeah. And then, oh, well, I've benefited because I've gotten to be a part of it, but you weren't doing any of this. And if I can just go back, I know that this podcast is really about like life coaching and not about faith, but I do think whether it's faith in God or faith in whatever, that that little thing that you said about, I believe that God is good and that God wants good for my life. I don't really think that you can engage in this exercise 
if you feel like there isn't good, I mean, you have to anchor into some belief of goodness to pull you out of what you guys went through. Like, how could you even have hope for your next 20 years or 30 years without that confidence? And it yeah. feels like that confidence is what, in, that goodness, that confidence in goodness, what is really, it's like you lassoed onto that and just pulled your life towards it. Uh, absolutely. You know, it didn't match the circumstances. And not you at know, all. Not at all. But as, as Wheezy would say, we spent immense time rehearsing the goodness of God. Yeah. Immersing ourselves in what we believed to be true that we did not feel. And as you say, we are wired as human beings. We need hope. Yeah. And so we did anchor ourselves. And as we anchored ourselves, and as you say, as we pulled ourselves, as God pulled us towards that, we began to see more and more that what we anchored ourselves was true. I know. Was it's, real. A, it's really this great mystery. I mean, I think athletes will tap into this a little bit too. You know, when they do, they visualize themselves. It's like this idea of what what you lock your eyes on, what you lock, lock your mind on is the direction your body follows, your beliefs follow, your your circumstances follow. And this whole exercise that you're doing, this Dreaming 360, is kind of a structured way, a pervasive way of doing this across your whole life. Sure. And it's not the only way of doing it. I encourage people to dream however dreaming works for them, mm -hmm. to be people of mm. specific hope, however that works for you. All I've done is create a process that perhaps gives some structure, as you say, mm. to how we might go about it so that it is a little bit less daunting to, to enter into. Mm -hmm. So the process has worked for me. It's not the only uh, process out there. But I think we need to be able to get started yeah. on this. And so that's what Dreaming 360 is about. So, so how does it work? Yeah. So here's the way this works. Um, I'm going to put the 10 categories that are part of Life 360 in the show notes again. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we'll go over them briefly. But uh, uh, the process is actually fairly simple and has a lot of room for creativity. Uh, it begins by setting a future date that you are dreaming towards. Okay, and that like 10 years, five years, 10 years, five. Well, I, I would really encourage to be beyond five years, okay. 10 years or more. I think it's good if it is a natural transition point. Okay. Like a decade birthday or yeah, you uh, know, finishing a career, or a finishing a career. Maybe, maybe it's, you know, kids when you going to college, kids going like to college, something that you go, okay, that's a little bit of an end point of something and a trans transition point. And I want to be able to look to see how have I done life up to that point. Okay. Yeah. So like I have a sixth grader is my youngest son. So like when he graduates from high school, yeah, I'm, I'm empty nesting. Yes. So, so you can say, natural. okay, I've got this period of time, you know, and yeah. I want to be able to look, or you might say, because that's not that far. I want to see, you know, after, by the time he's graduated college. Right. That's 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. And 
now I'm going to be transitioning 10 years at that point into a new place. Yeah. And I want to look back at how I've done that so that I've hopefully made the most of it. And I'm now in a really good place to enter into a new season. Mm -hmm. So my first dreaming 70 was aimed at a point of saying, okay, I've got 12 years left. I could have picked 65, but that is kind of a core period of here's, I've got a chance to do something. Mm -hmm. Maybe after 70, I'm slowing down or whatever. Um, but it was a kind of a natural point to say, okay, 12 years, that's enough time for me to do a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and at some point, life will begin to change. So that seems like a really natural point. So I've seen people pick 40, 50, 60. I've seen people pick, here's where I'm kind of anticipating kind of towards a retirement, picking empty nest, something like that as a period of time as your end point. Mm -hmm. Once you've done that and identify that as specifically as possible, so a it can be a date on the calendar. It can be at the end of the year of a particular time, but very specifically. Then at that point, you engage in a process of catapulting yourself forward to that date and then going through a creative exercise of looking back and saying, what is the life I want to have created? What are the things I want to have done? And who is the person I want to have become? Mm -hmm in that. And the point of projecting forward that far is that we want to get beyond what in our mind seems practical mm -hmm. and go to the edge, maybe even beyond what we see as possible. Mm -hmm. The dreams, as, as mm -hmm. I'm thinking about it, also go beyond what we necessarily have the ability to impact. What so, do you mean? Tell me more about that. So in my dreaming exercises, I dream about the future that for my kids, hmm. what I hope, who I hope they will become mm -hmm. and the life they will have created and certainly my relationship with them. Now I know I don't impact a lot of those things, but when I identify that, I realize what is the influence that I hope to be able to have mm -hmm. to help them towards that, to pray towards mm -hmm. for them. You know, so many things we don't have power over, but that doesn't keep me from dreaming of what I hope for mm -hmm. in those areas of my life. So in the very exercise of dreaming, we move beyond what we think is possible and sometimes beyond what we even think we have a say in, mm. you know, and I think that's okay. Just an exercise. We're just dreaming. You know what I like about this is like a little analogy. I have this running group and we used to run hills and the, the guy who coached us would say, when you're running a really big hill, that's hard. Don't think about the whole hill. Just look at what's in front of you. Like the little, take small steps and just look at what's right in front of you. And it, it, that is what happens when life is hard and overwhelming. You just 
are like, okay, what is my task I need to get done? What's the next thing I need to get done? And it becomes smaller and smaller, the harder it gets. But what happens is, what happens when you get to the top and you realize that wasn't the mountain I wanted to run up anyways? You know, you're so focused on what's in front of you. You're so focused on like how hard it is to get to the next step or to the next task that taking the time to ask yourself, do I even want to be running up this hill? Well, and that's, again, it's one of the benefits of this, because I think one of the things that I, I see way too often is people very successfully climb the ladder only to re realize it's up against the wrong wall. Yeah. They get to the top and they go, that's not actually what I wanted. And once I got on the ladder, I couldn't get off and I had pushed down yeah. what I really wanted. And now it's too late. Yeah. Um, it's not too late because you can always start new dreams. It's never too late. You can always start new dreams. But there does become a, a time where you say, you know, there was possibility that I, I didn't engage in. Yeah. In some ways, it's a failure of imagination. I was talking to someone who spent time with some family from a different country and that country i won't even go into which country but it's pretty far away and they are not oriented around college the same way we are as a determiner of happiness and they you know they have a different economic system and job system and all of that but there's a viable pathways to like a happy life different than what we have here and you know recently i was at this lacrosse tournament and there was literally over a thousand people standing on the sidelines of this lacrosse tournament all day, two, two weekends in a row. And I know, for example, this is going to be going on weekend, all of the fall. And, you know, there's some, you know, there's some value, quality time with friends, quality time with your kid, all of that. I'm not dismissing it all, but I do find myself looking at the trees and thinking about all the things I love to do in the fall that I haven't done for decades because we are doing you know, all these travel sports. And it's a little bit of like, we get in these loops in our lives. We get in these grinds in our life, like running up that hill where you're just doing the next thing, doing the next thing. And maybe if I step back, I would want to be running up that hill. Right. But it's definitely worth evaluating. You have to think, where do I want to be? And where is this hill going? Just the whole point of identifying the destination. Yeah identifying what really matters to us, what matters to us and how we raise our kids and the opportunities we give and don't give and the people we want them to become. So that if we choose to spend that weekend after weekend it, at the lacrosse, it's an enthusiastic, it's right. yes, this is what I want. I value this and I, I'm, I am fully into this rather than I'm just taking the next step in front of me. Well, and it changes your attitude. Like you said about it a lot. Like I'm with parents all the time who are complaining about being on the sidelines. Yeah. I keep thinking, well, why are we on the sidelines? And I'm right there with them. Yeah. You know? But if I, if that's the mountain I want to climb, then it might change the way I go about being at the side on the sidelines. Well, I coached my kids in all sorts of sports. Yeah. Uh, the, of the youth sports, it wasn't quite as consuming as it is today, but I coached them, but I loved coaching. Them. Yeah. I mean, it was a passion of mine and it enabled me to engage with them. Yeah. So yeah, it was an enthusiastic yes for me, even though we did kind of put some boundaries on it. Yeah. So 
Yes. So anyway, the process then picks that future date and then it goes through these categories and it simply asks the question, what do I really want? What really matters to me? What is the life I want to have created in this category? Experiences I want to have. What would I love for my faith to look like? What what do I really dream about for my marriage, Mm -hmm. for my family? What about my health? Who do I want to be right now? My newest dreaming is dreaming 80. So Mm. it's when I'm 80 years old, who do I want to be health wise? I know I don't control all that. Yeah. I know something could surprise me tomorrow, but that doesn't stop me from dreaming. Yeah. That doesn't stop me from dreaming and then beginning to live into that dream. So what do you do when you have a major setback? Well, what do you do with that dream? Your dreaming 360 is always in draft mode. So the beauty of this is if you go through this process and you list out your dreams, then for me, and this is a reality for me, I review, I look at my dreaming 360 every week of life. Hmm. Every Saturday morning is my weekly review and I look at it. And if life circumstances have changed, if certain things aren't possible, and I know those options have shut themselves off, if my dreams have changed, I can change my Dreaming 360. Mm. Nothing's wrong with that. So Dreaming 360, in its very nature, is a work in progress. So that frees me up. I don't have to get it right the first time. I simply do it. And then I begin to live it mm-hmm. each week, week in and week out. And I look at it and I review it. And then I come back and I tweak it and I add something to it. And maybe I take something away from it because my dreams have gained more clarity. So that's the beauty mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, that's a really important piece that I don't think we talk about a lot. We talk a lot about the front end with the goals and the dreaming and but like the reevaluating every week, allowing there to be fluidity, allowing there to be revision, or you know, you might discover things along the way that you did, you didn't realize you liked and you didn't realize you loved. Yeah. So absolutely. So okay. yeah. So we go through the process and then we put it down, and you can do it in whatever form you want. So, for instance, some people might take a category like experiences and say, "I want to put some bullet points." Okay. Of things that I want to experience. And those bullet points will kind of serve as little, almost mini dream goals yeah. for me. I do encourage for them to be as specific as possible, visualized as possible. Some people might say, I actually just want to write a paragraph, you know, of, you know, what I dream my marriage to be. Yeah. You know, I'm so excited. We just celebrated our you know, 55th anniversary. And when we look back, here's the relationship that we've created. We go out on date nights every week and we do this. And all of a sudden you create this beautiful painting Mm -hmm. of what you want to do. So some people might do it that way. Some people might simply just say, you know, I want this. That's fine. I, I tend to go try to add a little bit more color to it by saying, you know, 
pretending I'm at that age and saying, I'm so excited now when I look back and I see this Mm -hmm. or this, you know, as if I'm really looking back. So whatever, you know, enjoy the process, Mm -hmm. enter into the creativity of it and whatever fits who you are in terms of how you do it is great. That's great. Yeah, I appreciate that. So any other thoughts to add? Yeah, I think there will be a lot of people who will have a similar reaction to how you responded to this, and I appreciate it early on. I'm not really sure I buy this. Yeah. Okay. And that's totally fine. Uh, And they're they're going to be there's some others that will say, okay, I can maybe get this, but I don't think I want to do that kind of deep dive into it. If you're in that place, then just do this one thing. Sit down with a pad, paper, and write down, what do I really want? And just write yeah. for a while, as little or as much as you want. And be specific. Well, or just do that yeah. however you want to do it. Whatever. You'll benefit whether you're specific or general, but just allow yourself to engage deeply. Yeah. So I think about the story when Jesus was walking from one town to another and a blind man came up to him and Jesus asked the blind man the question, what do you want? Hmm. And I think about that. I think, you know, I don't want to really say this to Jesus, but it's kind of a stupid question. Yeah. Of course. But it's not because the reality is this man had built a whole life of being blind. Did he want money? Did he want someone to carry him from one place to another? What did he really want? Mm -hmm. Because if he got his sight, everything was going to change. Everything would be pulled out from underneath him. But the blind man identified I want to see. Hmm. That's how he answered it. And Jesus healed him. Mm -hmm. So I think Jesus cares. I think God cares about us answering this question. What do you really want? Mm. So I just want to encourage if you don't buy this whole thing Mm -hmm. and you've listened this far, at least answer the question, what do you really, really want? Hmm. I love that story. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm envisioning a pad of paper with that question on the top of it and what could come out of that. So that's a great takeaway. Yeah, next week is the final in my whole life map. And you will want to listen to this because we're going we're gonna to add some meat to the bones of this about saying, now what is the next step? And I've seen, I've seen this next step that we're going to talk about next week have a massive impact in my life, practical impact in my life and in other people's lives. So I encourage you to listen to all three parts of this and stick with us for next week. Yeah. So the teaser for next week is you've got, where am I now? Where do I want to be? And next week is getting there. Where? Yep. How do I get there? All right. Thanks so much, everyone.